message was recorded at River City Church. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, at first sight, obviously, that seems an impossible thing to say. You shall be perfect, an impossible task. But the wonderful thing about that verse is, and our great hope this morning is, Jesus didn't say, you shall be perfect as God in heaven is perfect. He said, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Isn't that beautiful? So God's way of perfecting us was never to stand back from us and give us more instructions on what to do. As we said this morning, he takes us up in his arms. He's the one who's going to lead us in the dance. So his way of perfecting us is not to stand back from us, but to move in with us, as it, were, as it were, to breathe his life, his spirit, into us. For spirit gives birth to spirit. So I want to say this morning that salvation is not your life for him. It's his life in you. Salvation is not your life for him. It's his life in you. So salvation is more than just getting people to make a decision for Christ. It is nothing less than the impartation of his eternal life into us, the very Spirit of God transforming us from the inside out. Listen to God's description as a word of salvation from Ezekiel 36. You know this very well. The prophet said, God is saying, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Now, if you remember that passage of Scripture, it's full from start to finish of the word I. I'm going to do this, God's saying. I'm not asking you to do this. I'm going to do this. Remember, it says, I will clean you. I will vindicate you. I will deliver you. I will take you. I will make you. Salvation is not your life for him. It's his life in you. Such a beautiful thing. Salvation is not about one day in the by and by. It's about today. Salvation is not about heaven one day. It's about nothing less than his kingdom coming on the earth today through the king, the life of the king being birthed in people all over the world. That's how his kingdom comes in your life and my life. I'll be born again in my children. And I said also that his life is growing in us. And I want to speak about that this morning um, when Jesus said, you shall be perfect, that Greek word there, translated as perfect, teleos, it actually means to be complete of full age. It's talking about maturity. 
It's talking about being fully grown up. And, um, and that's something very powerful. The older a child gets, the more they begin to look like their parent. I, I'm hopeless at seeing parents and babies. Do you ever see a, people show me babies and go, oh, look, who does he look like? I'm looking at the baby going, I don't know. I mean, some say, look, he looks, with our little grandchild, look, she looks just like you or just like her dad. And somebody says, no, 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 she looks just like her mom. And I'm staring going, I don't know. I find it much easier to see what they look like when they're the same age as the person who birthed them. Now, it's it's the same spiritually. If we want people out there to see the Father in our lives, we need to be more than babies. Isn't that right? And that's God's purpose for us. That's why, he, that's why we're here. We're all growing up into this life. And um, because people out there have the same difficulty I have, it's very hard to see in a baby the full likeness of the parents. I mean, you can catch glimpses, can't you? I don't know how people do that. I think uh, when I went into the hospital, uh, when Christopher was born, as I walked down the next day to visit Nicola, a nurse said to me, oh, I, I can see you in him. You just, he's just a spit of you. I thought, what does she mean? <laughs> okay, so maybe I'm a bit slow, but I think people find it easier to see the likeness of you in the fully grown version. I mean, I, I think I've told you in the past, I always wanted to be like my dad, and I, I became a vest to try and be like my dad. But actually, the older I get, the more I look like him, and I'm not doing anything. It's the DNA, praise God. It's, it's his life on us. It's such a beautiful thing. So, um, actually, I got into trouble this week because Hannah's home, you know, and uh, she arrived home, and uh, at the same time as she was home, our little granddaughter, Ava, arrived up as well, and I came in the front door, and uh, I said, oh, where's my girl? And I walked straight past Hannah and picked up Ava. (laughs) So I got into trouble for that, praise God. Um, So Jesus here is talking about being like our Father, not by trying harder, but by growing up. And that growth is a work of the Holy Spirit, really, isn't it? Isn't that what's happening this morning? As we're hearing things, as people share things, we're saying, gosh, you know, that's so true. Something in me is witnessing that that's true. And that is being called upwards, you know. It's like little children here. They all know their name by the age of seven because we've never changed their name. You're always calling them by their name and they're growing up into that name. They're growing up into your view and opinion of them. You know, that's why we correct them if they, if they, if they say or do something that's not our view and opinion of them. We say, that's not you, you know. And so the Holy Spirit gently says to us when we do something that's, that's not of the Spirit, that's not you. That's not who you are. Praise God. Isn't that beautiful? He can say that because there is a person who is you. <laughs> in the Spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit sees, and that's how God speaks to us, as who we've always been called to be from before the foundation of the world, praise God. You know, as we grow up then, our life starts to express or bear the life of the Father. So our life starts to bear His love, His patience. Thank God for His patience. My patience, no. His patience. Bear His patience. His gentleness. Not my gentleness. His gentleness, you know. His love, we'll speak about this this morning. You see, his love is a love that loves his enemies. And the whole world is waiting for the church to bear his love. Because the love that we have, we don't love our enemies. We'll talk a little bit about that this morning. So the Apostle Paul said this to the Galatians in this phrase. He said, I'm praying that Christ would be formed in you. That's a funny thing to say, isn't it? But what he was speaking about was the life of God growing up 
that Christ would be seen more and more clearly. Salvation is not your life for him, it's his life in you. So this growing up, this maturing of the life of the Son in us is indicated by the way the New Testament speaks about believers maturing in their sonship. Romans 8.14 says this, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And that word sons there is a, is a Greek word, huios, it means mature son. You know, a fully grown son, to be mature, it means to be led by the Spirit. So what does it look like for believers to grow up to mature as sons? It looks like you're being led by the Spirit. It looks like the life of the Father is being expressed through your life. It looks like your life looks like what we just read the Father's life looks like in this passage in Matthew 5. So, and we've been given this life that the world would see the Father through our lives. So what does the world need to see in us God wants them to see that we are the children of the Father that Jesus described. So who is the Father that Jesus described? Well, look at the Father he described. He's the Father who loves his enemies. So how much does the world today look at the church and see that Father? Do we look like we love our enemies? Do we look like we bless those who curse us? Do we look like we do good to those who hate us? Do we look like we intercede for those who spitefully use us and persecute us? I think I'm not the only one who's having problems recognizing the father in the baby. <laughs> the world is having some trouble recognizing, seeing what the father is really like. You know, at the wedding yesterday, I know there was a lot of young people at the wedding, and, and some of those young people have walked away from church, you know, and if you speak to them, they'll tell you to your face, they haven't walked away from God. They walked away from religion, you know. They didn't see the Father, you know. They, 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 something in them did not witness what they, what they were hearing, you know. And so this growing up of the Spirit in us is so important that people out there would see the Father as he really is, the Father who loves his enemies and has even given himself completely to them without any reserve. Such a beautiful thing. But how? How is this transformation supposed to happen? Here's a clue from 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So there we go. Could it be that we are not displaying that Father? People are not beholding that Father in the preaching of the gospel. And that's why they're not being changed, praise God. So for people to be transformed, they've got to be beholding God as he really is. Therefore, that beholds us to speak about who he really is and to preach that father, the good father. Could it be that father, the one who loves his enemies and blesses those who curse him, is not the God who's being held up before us in our preaching of the gospel? You see, each of our lives is begotten of what we're believing. That's why the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, I begot you through the gospel. We're each reflecting the God we're believing in. So it's only as we grow to know him more that his life is more reflected in our lives that's why that scripture says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ if we don't grow to know him as the God who loves his enemies we will never love ours I'll say that again if we don't grow to love him as the God who loves his enemies we will never love ours so if we can't come here and realize we're totally accepted even though you might have had the worst week of your life you're going to go out there and you're going to judge people who are having the worst week of their life. <laughs> and that's what the people are picking up from the church. Many people will not come in the door of a church because they say, I don't need more judgment in my life. 
I already know, my, I already know how badly I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me. <laughs> what they need, really, is a revelation of the fact that their record is not who they are. God has a different purpose for them. His breath in them is who they are. Christ, who is our life. Remember that, Colossians 3, verse 3, or verse 4? When he appears, when Christ, who is our life, appears, we shall be like him. Praise God. Fully grown, you will look more like your father or your mother as or Look more like your parents. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us, to grow us up into that life. Praise God. Have you noticed, in fact, that more and more our modern society believes that their love is superior to that of the church? Have you noticed that? We're getting lectures all the time from the government about who we should love and how we should love. And, you know, why do they think their love is superior to ours? Well, we know that they don't love their enemies because many of them see the church as their enemy. But you know what? When they look at us, they sort of see that we don't love ours either <laughs> because they feel for years that they have been treated as the enemy and the church has spoken to them as the enemy. And therefore, they don't tend to see the love for the enemy, the love of the Father in us because we have not matured enough, praise God. In other words, they don't yet see Christ, the perfect Son of the Father, in the church. So what do they see more often than not? What does the immature church look like? Listen to this, the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 3. Paul said this, Brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. Even now you're still not able, for you're still like babes. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? One says, I am a Paul, I follow Paul. Another says, I, am, I follow Apollos. Are you not carnal? You see, that's a picture really of sometimes the church would look at us and they see us fighting our corner, striving. Striving like the rest of the world to save ourselves. Maybe in our language and the things we say about people, uh, the things we, we do. They say, you're just trying to save yourself, just like I am. So they don't see our life really hidden in Christ uh, because they see us trying to save ourselves. They don't see us, as it were, as a saved people because so much, so often we get so worried and anxious about things that we're trying to fight our corner, as it were, as well. How are we to reveal to them the true face of the Father? How are we to get to the place where we, the body of Christ, are called what Christ was called, a friend of sinners? Well, we read how this morning Jesus said to his disciples, I say to you, love your enemies. <laughs> I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. How are we ever going to find ourselves transformed into that? But we all with unveiled faces, beholding, 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 as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's what's happening here, week by week, month by month, year by year, as we're sitting under this beautiful declaration of God the way he really is, we're being changed. We're being transformed. You'll find his patience is coming up on you. His patience for people, his love for the unlovely, even you, even yourself. See, it has to start with you. If you don't love the unlovely you, if you will not accept yourself, if you will not forgive yourself, 
How are you to do that for others? Did Jesus not say, love others as you love yourself? So if we don't let ourselves off the hook, you know, if we, if we don't stop beating ourselves up, as Michael Carlin loves to say, he didn't save you from drowning so you could beat yourself up on the shore, you know? And sometimes a lot of, remember last week, <coughs> Scott talked about Peter feeling so guilty that he, when Jesus said, pass me some fish, Peter went and tried to bring the whole 153 fish in himself. And we recognize that in ourselves too. Sometimes a lot of our church life is trying to sponge guilt from our life. God, I need to get to the prayer meeting. God, I better get to church. You know, I better try harder. I better pray more. I better. And what we're doing really, we're trying to drag that 153 fish in because we've forgotten who we are. You are the forgiven. You are the loved. For he loves, he loves those who were his enemies. He loves us so much that he's transformed us, you know. So we are now hidden with Christ and God. His life is our life. Only the Holy Spirit can make that a reality in our lives so that when we pray, we pray from that place. When we speak, we speak from that place. Accepted in the beloved. Accepted. Praise God. So we can lift judgment off other people because you can say, yeah, I used to feel like that too. Uh, useless, never enough. But I don't anymore because I've received his judgment on me. Do you know what God's judgment on you is? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's judgment on you. Here's God's judgment on you. You are worth dying for. You are worth being reconciled to God and all your sins forgiven. That's who you are. But you'll never believe that apart from the Holy Spirit. For what man could believe such a thing? Who has ever heard such good news anywhere? The Bible says. Only by the Holy Spirit can we believe such a thing. But only if it's preached to us. Because when that's said, the Holy Spirit in you goes, that's right. He witnesses to the truth. So here's the amazing thing. If you will dare to tell that to unbelievers, the Holy Spirit will do something in their life. Go and tell people the good news. Go and tell them what Christ has done for them. Don't tell them what they need to do for him. You see, that's the problem with the way the world sees the church is they're just going to tell me again what I need to do. I've had, I've had it up to here with what I needed to do for him. I can't do it. I've tried. I can't do it. Don't ask me again. I can't do it. I've tried, you know. That's not the gospel. Here's the gospel. Here's what he's done for you. For you, personally. This is amazing. Now, the Holy Spirit, if, when we say that, two things happen. Jesus said this to disciples. You'll go to a door and you'll say, peace be upon this house. You'll really proclaim Christ. Two things will happen. Either it'll come back in your face or your peace will rest in that place. And so when you talk to people, those two, either, either comes back in your face, you know when you're talking to somebody and they're going, they're not listening really, you know. They want to change the subject. But you also know when somebody is sucking it out of you. <laughs> they're just listening. They're just listening by the grace of God. So if you will dare to tell the gospel to them, the Holy Spirit, they're listening because the Holy Spirit in them is saying, yes, 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 yes. Now, unbelievers don't have a language for that. Very often funny when I'm at weddings and I get the chance to speak at a wedding, it's lovely to see people coming up afterwards going, uh, that was really good. Uh, uh, that was that was that was good. That was good. They don't have Christianese, so they don't say things like "that was anointed, brother." <laughs> oh, I really heard the spirit move there. God really spoke to me. They don't have that language. They'll just say that that was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Praise God. Beautiful. Actually, that lady who, who who rang to contact me about meeting my father after forty years. She said a funny thing on the phone. She said to me, I've been watching you on the TV. She said, you're really good. 
And something I says, oh, Holy Spirit, I've come looking forward to meeting her in a couple of weeks' time. Because I know what that means. Only the Holy Spirit can make the gospel good to somebody. Praise God. But I want us to have more confidence in this gospel. Um, but I have to know what's really good. I have to have the socks blessed off me by this message, or else I'm not interested in sharing it. I'm not interested in sharing condemnation. Praise God. For a long time before I understood the gospel, I never invited my family to church. Because it was something happening in me. To me, I was hearing the gospel as condemnation. That's not speaking about the way it was being ministered. I'm just saying the way I was hearing it was it was just more, more, more. And I thought, my family have got enough on their plate without me, without me adding to their problems. But now, praise God that people would come and hear the good news. It's so beautiful. Right, I'm way off my notes now. Okay. <clears throat> well, let me just say this one thing, and maybe I'll finish by saying this. I think, actually, that the Holy Spirit is bringing a revelation of the love of the Father to the church because we have a bit of growing up to do. Would you agree with that? The church has a bit of growing up to do. So our capacity to receive the love of God and to manifest that love of God needs to grow. We need to improve in our ability to forgive our enemies and to love our enemies. And I'll tell you why. Because there are hard times coming and if we don't grow in our ability to love we are likely to respond in the wrong way. We are likely to respond not by loving our enemies, but by cursing them. <laughs> and that's the last thing this country needs is for the, curse, the church to be standing on a corner, wagging their finger at the world again and cursing them. They need to see that love of the Father. And that's such a beautiful thing. And I'm just saying to you this morning, they are in our lives. Our lives are growing, you know, and, 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 and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The image of Christ has been formed in us. And who is he? He's the father who loves his enemies. He's the father who blesses those who curse him. He's the father who prays for those who spitefully use him. That's who he is. And when we come to this table this morning, that's what we're doing. We're coming to partake of that life, the life that's given for us in that way. So let's just bow our heads for a moment. I'm going to pray before we come to the table.